0: What's up, guys? This is Joe Blair, host of the Sports Gamble Ramble. I want to take a few seconds here to tell you guys about the Anchor app by Spotify. It is the app that I use to record and promote all of these episodes that you guys have been listening to. It's super easy to use. It's free to download. Uh, gives you the ability to edit and launch your podcast right from your phone or computer. Um, ton of upside to this. Super user-friendly uh, and also gives you the ability to monetize your podcast and record. Nifty little ad reads like this. So, you know, if you're ever interested in starting your own podcast or know anyone that is, uh, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And thank you for listening. What's up, guys? We are back for week four in the NFL. This is SGR number 48. Uh, I am going to be going over uh, all the games for this Sunday. You know, obviously Thursday's passed. We're not really going to spend time talking about the Bengals-Jags. Uh, decent game for, you know, what the matchup suggested. Pretty boring in the first half. Bengals came back. They're 3-1. Jags are 0-4. Let's move on from that. Today, uh, like I said, going to walk you through the entire Sunday slate and touch on the Monday night game. Although most Monday night research is done Monday for me, to be honest. Um, And I also have a bunch of player props this week. I haven't given out too many player props over the last two weeks, aside from the bets that I've posted on my Instagram account. But I did a lot of prop research this week. Some guys that I think should bounce back after a couple of down weeks um, with some strong, you know, matchups against weak defenses on good offenses. So we got a lot to talk about here. I'm going to try and run through this stuff quickly. um, And get you guys just the most important information for these matchups. But let's jump into it. Um, We're going to go, you know, in order of the games listed from one o'clock to to uh, the nighttime game like we usually do. First game is Washington and Atlanta. Uh, Washington is a one and a half point favorite in Atlanta, Uh, Atlanta being the home dog, 47 and a half point over under. I'm picking the Washington football team here. Honestly, this is not one that I have a whole lot of research for. It's mostly a gut call. Atlanta's coming off a win against the Giants, but the Giants are not that good, and they barely won that game. Um, I know the uh, Redskins barely beat the Giants as well, but that's a divisional game, so you expect them to be more familiar with each other. Um, Washington looked really bad in Buffalo last week, but Atlanta's not Buffalo. So give me the Redskins to bounce back, go 2-2, uh, two and two, and uh, Atlanta to fall to 1-3. and three. Next game, Detroit at Chicago. Really gross one here again. Um, Divisional game. So I guess that makes it somewhat of a rivalry. But between, you know, the Lions being winless and the Bears looking so bad last week in Justin Fields' first career start, you know, this is just a stay away for me. I don't feel like betting on either of these teams. People want to talk up the Lions for almost beating the Ravens last week, quote-unquote almost. Um, I got news for you. If Marquise Brown doesn't drop – Two, potentially three touchdowns last week in that game. It's a fucking blowout. I'm still really pissed off that my Ravens cover didn't hit. That was uh, my biggest bet last week and I missed on it. Did pretty well on my straight bets against the spread, um, but that Ravens one set me back and kind of ruined my Sunday afternoon. Uh, So, that being said, you know, the Lions are kind of a square dog here. Um, it's funny that after that, you know, almost victory over the Ravens, people want to bet on the Lions now because they've been frisky the first couple weeks and they have a couple couple covers under their belt, uh, as well as you know, with the Bears not really being a team that you can bank on right now, uh, getting pummeled by the Cleveland Browns defensive line last week. Um, I think I'm going to take the Bears to bounce back in this one with Justin Fields, you know, maybe getting rid of some of the jitters last week. I don't feel confident in either of these teams, and I'm spending too much time on this game. Um, But the fact that America is finally starting to believe in this Lions team, I think it's now time to get off the ship. Um, Just Detroit getting over 70 percent of the bets on the road here against any team is crazy uh, for the talent that's on this Lions roster. I think the Bears defense could have a big day against Jared Goff. So let's move on. The next game that I want to talk about real quick is the Titans and Jets. This is another gross one, kind of a gross Sunday here, guys. So that's why I'm moving quickly. Um, The Jets are seven-point home underdogs to the Titans. Uh, The only real reason that I see the Jets kind of having a shot to cover here is the fact that they're 0-3 against the spread. Obviously, they're due for a cover at some point. Most teams don't start 0-4 against the spread. The Jags we saw got a cover on Thursday after starting 0-3, so we could see some of these gross dogs starting to cover some of these big numbers. And Tennessee's got some injury troubles this week. They're without both of their starting receivers. A.J. Brown and Julio Jones have already been declared out this week. So that offense might not be very explosive. I think it's going to have to be a lot of Derrick Henry, like a lot of it. Uh, His over-under for rushing yards is 120 this week, which is the highest I've ever seen anyone listed at. Um, Definitely not taking the over, although he has potential to go for 600 yards on the Jets. Um, I think that defensive coordinator Robert Sala is really going to focus on Henry because of the lack of weapons in the passing game for this Titans team and forced Tannehill to beat him with his arm. This could be an uglier, uh, lower scoring, maybe more of a defensive struggle than we struggle than we expect. Than we expect. But I don't feel good at all about that. I mean, logically it makes sense as I just talked through it, but I'm not going to bet on the Jets until I see something out of them. And I'm never going to want to bet on Zach Wilson ever. So Fuck that game. Let's move on. I do like Derrick Henry to get a touchdown. It's minus 200. I'll talk about it later in the player props section, but uh, I think there's no way he doesn't get a bunch of goal line carries this week. So that should be good. Um, Moving on next game, Cleveland heads to Minnesota. Uh, The Vikings are a two and a half point home underdog. Uh, Cleveland looking pretty good so far this season, especially with that run game. Uh, But this to me is an interesting matchup because Uh, if you haven't made the connection already, this is uh, Kevin Stefanski, former offensive coordinator of the Vikings under Mike Zimmer coaching against Mike Zimmer. So kind of a mentor mentee situation here. We, you know, that gets headlines a lot when we see Belichick go against his other assistants. But for some reason, not many people are talking about the Zimmer Stefanski matchup here. I'm going to give the advantage to Zimmer. Uh, He's just, you know, the wily vet. Um, He looked like, you know, the, the Vikings kind of at least looked better last week against Seattle um, Cleveland in a tough spot here, you know, going on the road against an uh, out of conference opponent. Um, and like I said, just real, I think the coaching staff for the Vikings are going to know what Cleveland wants to do, considering that Stefanski was under this, you know, uh, Vikings administration for a lot of uh, his coaching career. So I'm going to take the coaching advantage with Minnesota at home getting points. Um, And possibly pulling off the upset there. Next game, Indy at Miami. Another gross one, not spending too much talk or time on this one, but I will pick Miami. I'm going to pick the Colts to go to 0 4. It does seem crazy if we jump in a time machine back to this summer when people were, you know, calling for them to possibly win their division. But uh, I think I'm going to take this Dolphins team to cover every game that Jacoby Brissett starts. I get kind of a vibe that brissette's just going to cover numbers and that people want to view him as a downgrade over tua because he's not the starter but like brissette might at this point be better in his career than uh, than tua right now like tua hasn't shown that much he's essentially still a rookie Um, indy just doesn't look like a good team they're a massive square dog similar to detroit this week indy's a road team getting upwards of 70 percent of the action and they have to go down to Miami to play in that humidity um, with Carson Wentz just being such a question mark as far as not only his health, but how he's playing right now. I'll take the Dolphins at home. I think Flores knows what he's doing. I think Brissett knows what he's doing. This is a Jacoby Brissett revenge game, um, you know, after uh, being let walk in free agency from the Colts. You know, they went and signed Carson or traded for Carson Wentz instead of giving. Uh, Brissett a uh, shot at a, you know another starting campaign for the Colts. Um, I think he's going to want to beat his former team. Uh, one player prop that I like for this is Gasecki to go over his receptions. Uh, you can get him over three and a half receiving uh, receptions, excuse me, at plus 100. And uh, he last week I think had 10 catches. He was getting hyper-targeted underneath by Brissett, a lot of dump-offs. So big opportunity there for the player prop. I'm just going to save the player props for the end because I don't feel like jumping back and forth and I don't feel like confusing you guys. So we'll just keep rattling through these picks on the spread and then we'll go into the player props after. The next game is Carolina at Dallas. Uh, Dallas is a five-point home favorite. Um, Carolina, uh, coming off Thursday night, they they had a lot of injuries, a lot of injuries um, in that Thursday night game. They lost J.C. Horn from their secondary Um, They lost Christian McCaffrey, obviously the best player on their offense. I think they lost a couple other guys on their defense too, and I'm forgetting some names, but I think they lost two starters in that secondary. Um, And I fucked up not looking up the second name, but I know that they lost rookie corner JC Horn, who's a really good player and was expected to play a huge role. I think the the injuries that they faced last week are going to catch up with them. I know that they had a week and a half to prepare for this game, and Dallas is coming off the Monday night. Um, but I'm going to take Dallas, lay in the five points here. Uh, I've picked a lot of gross teams so far, but I'm going to take the – the. I think Dallas is probably better than Carolina. I know Carolina is 3-0 right now, but not that difficult of an opening schedule, really. Two of their wins are against the Texans and the Jets. They snuck up on that Saints team, but that was uh, – if you go back and listen to that episode for me, massive uh, flat spot for um, New Orleans coming off that victory – uh, off of Green Bay week one. So just to recap the recent events, you know, Carolina's 3-0, and but their wins aren't that strong. Dallas has looked pretty competent. As much as I'm a Cowboys hater, they don't look bad. The offense looks pretty good. And I think the, the defensive injuries for Carolina, they're going to struggle to, um, you know, get it all together in just one week, missing some starters on that defense. So give me Dallas to be able to score a little bit more on this team, um, then Carolina's usually allowed their opponents. Their defense has looked great so far. My struggle this week. Give me Dallas. Uh, the Giants head to New Orleans, where the Saints are uh, getting their home opener. Coming back to the Superdome finally at this point in the season, they're seven and a half point home favorites, and there's no way I'm betting against the Saints in this spot. Have to take um, the Saints laying the points. Like I said, it's just it's the return to the Superdome. How can you bet against that? I will say the Giants are ten and one against the spread in their last eleven as a road dog, so be on the lookout for that. Maybe this uh, Saints minus seven and a half is the same thing as my Ravens minus seven and a half last week, and we get fucked somehow on a couple of late open touchdown drops or a muffed punt or some bad turn. You know, maybe Jameis goes back to his turnover shit and and the Giants sneak up sneak up on us, but I'll take New Orleans at home. I like a big day from Kamara here. Oh, lastly about that game. If you're into betting over-unders, which I don't talk about that much on this podcast, um, the referee for this game, Brad Rogers, in his last 14 games as a referee, the over is 13-1. and I've got a couple refereeing stats uh, for you guys this week, and we'll see how they play out. I don't usually bring the refereeing crew Into my handicapping too much, but I found some good trends this week in an article. Um, So we're going to take a look at them. We're going to talk about them. The next game is the Chiefs uh, heading to Philly. The Chiefs are a touchdown favorite on the road. Over-unders, 54 and a half, excuse me, Um, just short of 55. And uh, I don't see how the Eagles don't get butt-fucked this week. They are going to absolutely choke on it. The Chiefs are coming off two straight losses. There's no way they lose three straight. The Eagles look horrible the last two weeks, specifically on offense. The defense got handled by Dallas last week on Monday Night Football. Absolutely embarrassed. Jalen Hurts hasn't looked that good. He's been a decent fantasy asset. But aside from beating up the Falcons week one, the offense does not look great. Um, I bitched nonstop last year about Doug Peterson underutilizing Miles Sanders. Well, uh, I didn't think it could get any worse, but it got worse. Uh last week Nick Sirianni gave Miles Sanders two carries. The entire game against Dallas, he turned those two carries into 27 yards. So he was averaging 13 and a half a carry, but we just didn't give him the ball more than that. We just said, no, thanks for your 27 yards. We're going to go ahead and lose this game by 22 on fucking Monday night. So I don't think Eagles are any good. Um, I think the Chiefs have to win this game. I would be concerned about a look ahead spot for the Chiefs here because they do have to play the Bills next week in a nationally televised game. But coming off two straight losses, they can't afford to look ahead. So I'm not worried about it. I like the Chiefs to pummel the Eagles this week, absolutely pummel them. Um, Big bounce back week for the Chiefs offense, big time. The Eagles, defensive, secondary, specifically, will not be able to contain this Chiefs team with all their weapons. We've had defensive breakdowns against subpar offenses. And uh, yeah, it's just going to be bad. I like a lot of Chiefs to go over their props this week. So we'll talk about a couple of them later. What else do I got for you guys? <clears throat> Next game Houston plus 16 and a half at Buffalo. Buffalo. Um, you would think Buffalo just beats the shit out of the Texans here, but I'm going to take uh, Houston to cover the 16 and a half. It's just—it's the biggest spread we've seen so far this season. I don't really love laying this many points in any spot. I just talked about the potential look-ahead for the Chiefs playing the Bills next week. Well, this is a look-ahead for the Bills because, I mean, you got the Texans here, and then you got the Chiefs next week. Who are you going to be more focused on? Texans coming off Thursday night football. They got the week-and-a-half of rest, week-and-a-half of extra preparation for rookie quarterback David Mills, Davis Mills making his second career start. Um, you know, Houston, it was a bad spot for them having to throw that kid into the lineup after just four days of practice last Thursday. But you get them some more reps in the offense. You get them more comfortable. Houston has looked a little bit feisty as far as being able to cover and not get blown out by teams. Um, I do think Buffalo could definitely, you know, put up big numbers against this soft Houston defense. But it's just too big of a spread. And the over under is only 47. Um, I have a trend related to that. The under is 13 and four in the last 17 games officiated by referee Ron Torbert, um, only averaging 38.5 points per game. So, you know, maybe Buffalo just wins this game 38 to seven, you know, something like that. And it goes under and it's a blowout and they cover, but odds are against that. I'll take Houston with the points. But, guys, I'm picking some dogs here to cover this week, and I'm just not going to bet them. I'm not going to – I'm not fucking around with that. So, I'll let you guys know what my finalized bets are. You know, there's a couple picks I'm leaning at here. To be honest, I think my favorite spread right now is Arizona plus four and a half against the Rams. But I don't know. I'm not loving a lot of these spreads right now. We'll see, guys. But we're talking through them. We're learning. Uh, 15 minutes in here. I think we can finish up these game picks before we take a break and then finish out with player props. We might be able to squeeze it all in in a half an hour. Next game, we're moving on to the 4 o'clock slate, and I just mentioned this game, Arizona at L.A. Uh, divisional game between the Cardinals and the Rams. Rams are minus 4, 4.5, depending on what book you're looking at. Over-under is 55. I can drive it. Um, this should be an offensive shootout. You know based on uh these two teams going together i thought the rams um rams game last week might be a defensive a surprisingly more defensive game i was dead wrong it looks like this rams team just wants to throw it around uh sean mcveigh's having a lot of fun showing off his shiny new toy you could say the same thing about uh cliff kingsbury with uh kyler murray these two quarterbacks are just putting up monster seasons so it's not a surprise that it's the highest over under of the week. Uh, I said just a few seconds ago that I was leaning towards the Ram, uh, the Cardinals, my uh, plus the points here, and I will stick with that. Um, I think this is a potential somewhat flat spot for the Rams, and you're going to ask me how is this a flat spot when they're facing an undefeated divisional opponent? Uh, in a you know whoever wins this game is in first place in the division. Um, the Rams have to after after coming off that big uh, emotional win against the Bucks. Let's face it. That was emotional. That was a big win for McVay for Stafford, big win at home against uh, the team that everybody projected, you know, basically had as the number one team in the NFL. The Rams got that massive win last week and now they have this home game. So they've been, you know, at home chilling in LA all week, smelling their own shit off that Bucks win. And then in four days, they have to go and play in Seattle on Thursday night football. So it's just a sandwich spot here between the Bucks, and then you got the cards this Sunday and then a short week to turn it around and go on the road against a, another divisional opponent in Seattle. <clears throat> I like Arizona to be able to capitalize on that. It looked like they were sleepwalking through the first half against the Jags, but they really, uh, flip the switch in the second half. I think this offense is capable of doing that at any point right now with the way Kyler is playing. Um, I would say refer, uh, I got another refereeing trend. Sean Hockley is the head official in this game in his last 15, excuse me, 16 officiated games as a head official. The road team is 12, three and one against the spread. I don't know why that's a thing, but it's a thing. So let's pay attention to it. Um, Also, the Rams are getting upwards of 65% of the bets, but under 60% of the money. It's not a huge cash split. It's about 65-58, but that does indicate that it is more of a game that the Sharps are choosing to take the Cardinals with the points. This opened at six. It's now at four. So it's been bet down two points already, despite the Rams getting upwards of 65% of the action. Give me the cards as the... uh, uh divisional dog to potentially pull off the upset uh but i like them to cover the four for sure uh, another nfc west divisional battle see these are two great games i wish they would have given us you know one at one o'clock one at four o'clock but should make for a great four o'clock window this week actually all four games are pretty interesting to me although the one o'clock games suck um Seattle and San Francisco, okay. The 49ers are minus three. The over-under is 52. Um, I will say that the last six meetings between these teams have gone over the total. I don't really see a reason why this one doesn't. Uh, To me, Seattle's defense isn't that good. Um, The 49ers showed the ability to really move the ball in the second half last week against Green Bay. We know Russell Wilson and the receivers can cook. Question marks about the receivers' health in this game, both DK and Lockett listed on the injury report. Um, San Francisco is a home favorite here, but they're getting less than 30% of the bets. Seattle is another square dog this week. Uh, People really want to bet on Russell Wilson a lot more than Jimmy G right now, I think. Uh, The 49ers coming off a primetime loss to Green Bay, but they could have won that game, right? It was pretty fucking close, and especially for how bad they played in the first half to even be in a two-point game at the end with Green Bay. Um, Pretty strong showing last week. And uh, yeah, Seattle also, you know, looking ahead to that Thursday night game against the Rams I just mentioned, I'll take the home divisional favorite getting less than 30%. Yeah, give me the 49ers to go to 3-1. and one. Seahawks going to be 1-3 after this week. Not many people saw that coming, um, but, th- you know, I think Seattle has a shot to finish last in the division this year. I really do. Uh, moving on, Baltimore heads to Denver to play in that high altitude. This is a game with no spread. It's a straight-up pick em, just pick the winner, no points um and yeah like i said ravens and broncos and the main thing for me here is that denver is seeing a massive step up in class the big question mark with denver kind of similar to i guess the panthers if you want to compare situations uh three and oh team with a soft opening schedule this schedule for denver it was even softer than the panthers schedule um, they had beaten the Giants, Jaguars, and Jets so far, who are a combined 0-10, 0-9 uh, going into week four with the Jags finding a way to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory on Thursday night in Cincinnati. Um, I'm going to take the Ravens here as the 2-1 and team to dethrone the 3-0 and team. I just think the Ravens are a more complete team. Um, getting that uh, that opening week loss, to uh the Raiders I think you know they can't afford to really sleep on too many teams uh with that loss that they weren't expecting uh, almost lost to the Lions again last week like I said if Hollywood Brown can catch his two open touchdowns it's it's not a game there um but I like Baltimore to be focused in this spot after sleepwalking last week and almost getting upset I think that Lions team may have kind of woken the giant hopefully And like I said, Denver just hasn't shown us that they can beat a good team yet. I do like this Denver team, but some injuries, especially on that offensive side of the ball with Judy and KJ Hamler, both having long-term lower body injuries. KJ Hamler done for the season. So, yeah, give me Baltimore to win on the road. Baltimore's uh, really good as a road team and their last 11 road games have uh gone under eight out of 11 times so again the under is eight and three in baltimore's last 11 road games uh kind of like this one to be a bit of a defensive battle with baltimore edging it out three more games we can get these done under a half an hour and then we'll come back for player props pittsburgh Heads to Green Bay where they're a a six-and-a-half-point road underdog. Green Bay the favorite by less than a touchdown. 45.5 is the over-under. And while we're on this topic, I do have a quick trend for you guys. Home favorites of less than a touchdown have gone 4-16 against the spread so far this season. Now that applies to a couple other games this week, but I think it really applies to Green Bay here. This I'm gonna pick the Steelers. I, I know it sounds fucking gross. It's just this spread is fucking with my head. I think Pittsburgh figures out a way to get the cover, keep it within a touchdown. I know the offense looks horrible. I'm disappointed with it too. Um, I just think this Pittsburgh team is gonna be better on defense this week. TJ Watt hopefully playing was out last week. I think that was part of the reason for the defensive struggles against Cincinnati. Um, big Najee Harris day again, they're getting him more and more involved in the passing game. Uh, Green Bay just don't know if they're going to be totally focused on this Pittsburgh team. Um, Green Bay getting over 85% of the bets yet. There is some reverse line movement with this line being bet down. I believe it started over seven earlier in the week. Um, give me the Steelers with the points, but a lot of this shit feels gross this week. A lot of it. Two more games, the primetime games. Uh, this is the big one of the week. Everybody's talking about Brady's return to Foxborough to take on Belichick and the Patriots. The Pats are getting seven points at home to uh, Big Tommy. And I got to pick the Bucks here. I'm sure everybody else in, the, in America is picking the Bucks, And there's a, there's a reality where uh, Belichick knows how to scheme against Brady and upset him a little bit. And things get kind of weird in this game. But I just can't go against Tom in this spot. I think he this is this may be the most motivated he's ever been for a single football game in his entire life. Um I was talking to a friend this week and the conversation led to a point where, you know, I mentioned I don't care if the guy's played in 10 11 Super Bowls. Like this is one of the biggest games of his career. This game is, to his all-time legacy, and I think internally, just from a motivation standpoint, maybe more important to Tom than some of those Super Bowls. And I know it sounds a little ridiculous, but this is huge. This is Tom versus Belichick. We'll probably never get get it again because these teams only play once every four years, and it's unlikely that Brady plays until he's 48. So I think Tom wants to absolutely shove it down Bill's throat. This week, he's going to break the all-time passing yardage record. He only needs 68 yards. Uh, so he'll probably get it in the first quarter. And I just think the route is on from there. There's no way that Mac Jones can keep up with the scoring pace of this Bucks team. The only way it's close is, like I said, if Belichick is really inside that mind of Brady and can fluster him. But from a talent deficiency standpoint, how does this Patriots offense move the ball on this Bucks defense? And how do they keep up at a scoring pace with the Bucs? I just can't see it. So give me Brady to get his sweet, sweet revenge here on Bill and on uh, Mr. Kraft. Old Bob's going to need a real hell of a tug job after this one. Monday morning, all the fucking masseuse, massage parlors in Boston. You better be ready. Get the fucking lube ready because Robert Kraft is going to need a lot of work on Monday after this game. One last game to break down and then we'll head into the player props for you guys. Uh, The Chargers are taking on divisional opponent Las Vegas Raiders. I almost always say Oakland. You'll catch me saying Oakland probably once a week. Um, yeah, the Raiders are undefeated here at 3-0. They head over to L.A. to take on the uh, home favorite Chargers here, 2-1. This is a pretty cool Monday night game. I'm looking forward to this one. I'm going to take the Chargers to cover here uh, and win. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a field goal game. I won't be surprised if the Raiders win by a field goal. But I think this will be close. There's no way this is a blowout between these two teams. They're pretty evenly matched. I've been really impressed by the Raiders so far, can't lie. They've looked better than I've expected. I was hoping I'd get that upset call with the dolphins last week. Um, they covered the four, but they didn't get the upset losing in overtime, but I almost had that one. Uh, but the Raiders have got to lose at some point. They're just not, I don't know. Maybe I'll look like a dumbass, but they're not one of those top tier teams to me. I think the chargers are a better team, more well round melt, more well-rounded. Um, I really like the chargers defense and how they're playing this year. And Herbert looks great. Mike Williams, sec, uh, fourth-year receiver at this point, I almost said second-year, having a massive breakout candidate and looks to be a legitimate 1A, 1B option with Keenan Allen. Um, Eckler should have a big game. Uh, I think this is just one where the Raiders are due for a loss, and I think this is a game where the Chargers have an opportunity on national telev- television at home to uh, show – this Raiders team and show the rest of their division and show the rest of the NFL that they're a legit team. The second-year quarterback, the weapons, the upgrades at the offensive line, the improved coaching staff I didn't even mention. I've said a couple times Brandon Staley is one of my favorites for coach of the year if he can get this Chargers team to perform well, and it looks like he's got them playing well right now. So give me the Chargers to cover at home minus three On monday night that's gonna wrap up the spread breakdown guys uh that was fun good work we're going on 29 minutes here i've told you i cannot record over 30 consecutively so i gotta take a break when i come back we're gonna run through some player player props and get the fuck out so thanks guys i'll be back in a sec and i'm back uh we're gonna go over some player props now for nfl week four and wrap it up um, this should go pretty quickly. My first one here is Mike Gesicki, tight end for the Miami Dolphins to go over three and a half receptions this Sunday. Um, he had 10 catches on 12 targets for 86 yards last week, and we can get him to only have four catches this, catches this Sunday. Uh, Jacoby Brissett to me shows like he's more of a check down quarterback. He's going to get the ball out quickly. While Tua shows the tendency to throw it a little bit more. Um, just don't see why this trend doesn't continue at home this week against the Colts. Four catches isn't that many for a guy who had 10 last week. I'm not sure why the number is so low or if the books just haven't adjusted yet. But let's take Gesicki to get four catches at even odds this week. Seems pretty easy. Uh, Next one, uh, these are going to be out of order as far as games. I'm just going to jump around, guys. Next one is Antonio Brown to go over some of his totals uh, Sunday night against the Patriots. Um, Antonio Brown, to me, has shown Unbelievable chemistry with Brady so far. It's clear that Brady, I think, wants to get him as involved as possible and make him kind of the wide receiver one for this team. A lot of people thought that would be Chris Godwin or Mike Evans this year, but it looks like Brady's going to be at least the PPR guy, the more heavily targeted guy. Uh, He looks to me like he's filling that kind of Wes Welker, Julian Edelman role, although he's much more explosive than those guys. So he has the ability to take these short to intermediate targets and make plays after the catch. It's exactly what Brady wants. I think Um, over four and a half receptions, minus 105, over 55 and a half yards, minus 114. I love them both. I like the yards more, Uh, but I'll probably take both of them. Honestly, I like this a lot. Uh, Brady should throw a lot on New England, like I just said uh, a few minutes ago. And um, I think the reason that these props are so low is because Antonio Brown didn't play last week. Uh, He was on the COVID list, should be fine, ready to go, should have a big game Sunday night. Next one, this is a guy that's burned me so far this season, but I'm going to take a shot at uh, him figuring it out this Sunday and becoming more involved. It's Robbie Anderson, uh, over three and a half receptions, minus 156 against the Cowboys. Now, Robbie has not uh, been putting up big numbers. It looks like DJ Moore is clearly the more heavily targeted receiver in this offense, but... Uh, head coach Matt Rule said, uh, this week to the media that, uh, he would like to get Robbie Anderson involved in the offense more. This team just gave him a contract extension this past summer, less than two months ago. And now it's like he's almost completely phased out of the offense in three weeks. <clears throat> I think they got to give it, get him more involved. Um, Christian McCaffrey just got injured this past week. So this is their first game without him. And I think, Potentially part of the reason that Robbie had such a great season going over 90 catches last year was due to McCaffrey's absence. Uh, So maybe, you know, now that Christian McCaffrey isn't taking 10 passing targets away every game, Robbie Anderson gets a few more looks. Uh, For him to only have four catches after the head coach just said they need to get him the ball more, I'll take it. Uh, Next two are going to be both for the same team. I talked about how I like the Chiefs offense to bounce back this week against Philadelphia. Um, The Eagles have such a soft defense. They looked good the first two weeks, but it was against Atlanta and the 49ers, who's I guess the 49ers have a good offense, but they're capable of having bad games and Maybe it's just a tough matchup. Um, The Eagles have seen some injuries. Uh, Their best pass rusher, uh, Brandon Graham, done for the year, torn Achilles. Um, I like, that's also gonna hurt their rushing defense. So I like Clyde Edwards-Alaire to go over 58 and a half rushing yards this Sunday. It looks like Andy Reid trusts him and wants him to be uh, the running back that they drafted him to be. Uh, He's been playing rather well outside of the fumbling situation, but it's not affecting his carries and touches. I like him to get up upwards of 60 rushing yards in Philly uh, as this chiefs team could be winning a majority of the second half and just be willing to run the ball and drain the clock and move on and get out to Buffalo next week. Uh, Clyde roots a to score a touchdown at any time in this game, minus minus one eleven. I also like that. And then this one, I probably like more Tyreek Hill over 78.5 receiving yards, and Tyreek Hill anytime touchdown minus 143. I like over 78.5 yards a lot. I like this one a lot, guys. Maybe my favorite prop of the week. Um, Let's take a look at Tyreek Hill's season so far. He went off in week one, had, I think, 10 catches for over 150 yards. Um, Last two weeks, he's been shut down almost completely Uh, defenses have been bracketing him uh, putting a guy on him in man and a safety over the top really making sure that Tyreek doesn't beat them and making the um, ancillary weapons in Kansas City beat them rather in the passing game Uh, I don't think Philly is capable of doing that this week Darius Slay is their best uh, player in the secondary but he's not a guy that can run with Tyreek Hill Um, I think that their secondary has shown so many uh, breakdowns in pass coverage. Like I've mentioned, the linebackers and the safeties are just flat out bad. There's no way we can contain Tyreek this year um, or this week. Like I said, he's been shut down last two weeks, four targets, three receptions, 14 yards against the Ravens, who clearly had a massive game plan to eliminate Tyreek Hill in that game and then seven targets, five receptions, 56 yards against the Chargers. Chargers' defense is also very good, and I think they have a lot of talent in that secondary to be able to do the similar things that the Ravens did. To me, it's just two bad matchups against two good defenses and two opponents that are familiar with the Chiefs enough to have figured out at this point how to defend Tyreek Hill. Philadelphia is none of those things. Give me Tyreek to go the fuck off. I might take this 78 yards, put it in my prop builder, and move it up to 100 and see what kind of odds I can get on Tyreek Hill to have over 100 yards this week in Philly because I just see at least one 50-yard touchdown coming our way, if not two. He's going to go the fuck off this week. I can't be more vocal about this. Get a second mortgage on your home and put it on Tyreek Hill to beat up the Eagles this week because it's going to happen. God, that that's so painful to say. I hate my team so much. Let's move on. I like the Bills, a uh, couple players on their offense. Josh Allen over 281 passing yards. Um, I'm not as aggressive on this as the other one. I, I want to back Steph Diggs to have a touchdown this week, but I think both could happen. Josh Allen 281 is pretty low. He's only gone over it once, but it was last week um, against Washington. This Houston Texans defense is just not good. Um, the Bills are a 16 and a half point favorite, so it is concerning. Maybe they run the ball more and Josh Allen doesn't get over those 281. Um, but I think it's worth investing in him and Diggs with the matchup as a big home favorite. That offense looks like it is back to doing everything that it wants to do on anyone it wants to do it to. Um, Stefan Diggs, so far this season, is averaging over 10 targets a game in the passing game, but he's only got one touchdown. And this is clearly Josh Allen's number one target. It's the best offensive player in this offense, maybe besides Josh Allen, if you want to argue that. This guy's going to dominate. He's going to get his looks. This Texans team has no legitimate corners to cover digs. And if he's getting almost 11 targets a game, it's just a matter of time before that touchdown regression balances out. i like him to get in the end zone this week. Else are we talking about? Another receiver, Tim Patrick, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, over four and a half receptions. Um, I just think that he's gonna be he's a starter on this offense now that Judy and Hamler are both out. He's a guy that's been underutilized, excuse me, undervalued, really, not underutilized. He's actually been pretty fucking good on the field for this Denver team over the last two, three years or so. Nobody talks about him because he's got a boring name and he's buried on the depth chart behind a lot of uh explosive weapons with high draft capital investments judy first round pick sutton second round pick hamler second round pick fan first round pick there's just no room for tim patrick but with the injuries to judy and hamler he's going to be on the field uh he looks like he's got the trust of teddy bridgewater uh he's easily getting to four or five catches a game already and now he's gonna have a bigger role uh let me get tim patrick over four and a half receptions this sunday um, another receiver that I like to go over. I'm taking his yards, not his receptions. Both could hit, but I feel better with the yards. Amari Cooper. Where has Amari Cooper been the last two weeks? Right, that's kind of the question. Um, he's been dealing with a little bit of a rib injury, from what I've heard. Hopefully, he's more healthy, which is really my only concern for taking this prop. Is that maybe he's not at 100%. But Cooper's a guy that's been known to kind of uh, show up one week, disappear the next week. Kind of an inconsistent boomer bust guy, and uh, he's coming off two bad weeks. He exploded week one against the Buccaneers uh, for 10 catches, 130 yards, two touchdowns. Um, But last two weeks for Amari Cooper, five targets, three receptions, 24 yards against the Chargers. Just talked about how that Chargers defense is good. Four targets, three receptions, 26 yards against the Eagles. Now, I know I just talked about how bad the Eagles defense is, but Amari Cooper, believe it or not, does not have a good matchup with the Eagles because Darius Slay is the Eagles' number one corner, and he is one of the few guys in the NFL that has had repeated long-term success over Amari Cooper. I think part of the reason that the Eagles specifically targeted Darius Slay when they were going after a corner uh, two years ago, um, we, had, we traded the Lions to get him, uh, it was because when he was on the Lions, he would shut down Amari every time the Lions played the Cowboys. So I'm going to go ahead and take Amari to bounce back this week. That Panthers defense, I talked earlier when I broke down the Cowboys Panthers game. They're missing a couple players in the secondary, and I think there's going to be some growing pains as they figure out how to replace those starters. Um, Some defensive breakdowns could easily happen. After two bad weeks for Amari, I like him to bounce back in a big way and go over that 63 and a half receiving yards. Love that one. That one and Tyreek are like my two favorites this week, I think. Um, This is another pretty good one. Darren Waller over five and a half receptions, minus 147. Last two weeks, he's had five exactly in both games, but he's so involved in this offense. Um, This Chargers uh, Raven, or excuse me, Chargers Raiders game should be an exciting one, should be a pretty offensive game uh, Monday night. He had 10 catches week one on 19 targets. He's just too involved to not consistently go around five, six, seven, eight catches five and a half is pretty low it's one of the lowest we'll get on him this season i think because he's coming off two games of only five receptions um but i i just think prime time raiders got to get Waller the ball here five and a half receptions should hit next one another uh receiving but it's going to be on receiving yards and we're taking a running back Najee harris i know i it's like i take a Najee harris prop every week But I just – I really believe in this guy's talent. You've seen so many flashes of when he gets the ball in his hands, how dominant and explosive he can be. He had a fucking nasty stiff arm against the Raiders two weeks ago where he really sent a guy flying Derrick Henry style. I love watching this guy make plays. Um, He got 19 targets, 10 receptions, 100 yards last week because this Pittsburgh Steelers team is being forced to throw him the ball more. Uh, Deontay Johnson was out. So that meant way more checkdowns. Ben Roethlisberger's shot. His arm is done. His legs are done. He needs to go back to sitting on the couch and jerking off seven times a day, because that's clearly all he's good at at this point in his career. Um, so they need to get the ball to Najee. Is what I'm saying. They have to. They have to keep him involved. His receptions, uh, receiving yards, is 34 and a half this week. He had 100 last week. I know Deontay Johnson's back, but Juju beat up Claypool. Question marks. Deontay Johnson's still on the injury report. Harris is gonna get six, seven, eight catches again. This I don't expect him to have 10 every week. I don't expect him to get 19 targets every week. But they're going to get him, like, at least eight targets here, I would say, this game. 35 receiving yards. He could easily hit it. Also, I don't think he's had a touchdown yet this season. No, I think he has one. He has a receiving touchdown. But outside of that, he's only got one touchdown in the year. Uh, Najee to get an anytime touchdown in this game is uh, plus 100. And I think they got to get him involved, specifically in the red zone, if they want any shot to hang around with Green Bay. So, I like that. And then... Uh, I guess I'll, I got a couple more. I'll rapid fire these. The Cardinals-Rams game, if there's a guy that I'm looking to target, it's Christian Kirk. Over 46.5 receiving yards, over 4.5 receptions, and anytime touchdown, all of them I think are worth looking at. So over receiving yards is uh, favorited a little bit. I think it's like minus 130. Over 4.5 receptions is plus 127, and anytime touchdown is plus 200. Christian Kirk's been pretty involved in this Cardinals offense. This Cardinals offense is a team that you want to get pieces on, whether it's in fantasy or with your gambling portfolio or whatever. Um, My main reason kind of for this is I think that with this matchup against the Rams, um, Jalen Ramsey, the Rams top corner, maybe the best corner in the league, is going to be on DeAndre Hopkins most of the time. So Kirk and some of the ancillary pieces could see more looks if Hopkins is being shadowed by Ramsey the whole game. So give me Kirk. He's performed well so far. He's a pretty good fantasy asset also. He's a guy that's capable of putting up big plays week after week. Like I said, this Cardinals offense is good, so it's just kind of a probability thing, you know, with Ramsey paying more attention to Hopkins, that somebody's going to go off for this Cardinals team, and Kirk is probably the most likely guy with pretty decent odds here on his numbers. And then lastly, this is – Whatever, I'm not gonna explain it. just I'll go into it. I like both Alvin Kamara and Derek Henry to score touchdowns this week. So they're both minus 200, which you don't usually want to lay minus 200 on a guy to score a touchdown. There's just a lot of situations where that can backfire on you. Maybe somebody gets injured, knock on wood. Maybe um, you know, they just don't get the goal line carries. maybe 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 the Saints score all their touchdowns on big plays and Kamara just doesn't get any goal line carries. Maybe uh, Derrick Henry gets stuffed on the goal line because he's the only thing being focused on by the Jets defense. You know, there's situations where it might not happen, but I like these guys to both get in the end zone, considering that um, the Saints should have an offensive day against the Giants. And the Titans have no receiving options this week, so they're going to have to pound Henry and he's facing the Jets. So these are two good offenses. Uh, against two bad defenses. Both teams are touchdown favorites, and both are the running backs and the focal points of this offense. If you parlay Elvin Kamara and Derrick Henry to both score a touchdown, it's plus 125. If you can get that at positive odds, I like that. You want to take one of these other player props I, I mentioned and throw it in there, uh, something a little bit safer with more security, um, like maybe that uh, Antonio Brown you know, four and a half receptions or maybe the Amari Cooper yards, something like that. Uh, You can really get these odds juiced up. You can get that parlay at over three to one, maybe five to one depending on what you put in it. So um, that's something to take a look at. Kamara and Henry both score touchdowns plus 125. I feel good about that. It might be a straight bet that I list this Sunday. So those are my props guys. I know this was kind of a long episode, but I think we got a lot of useful information talked about today today. Um, this was a fun one. Sorry that it's coming out a little late. This will be out, uh, Saturday at noon. Um, that way you'll have what, 25 hours to listen to it before Sunday. I hope that's enough time doing the best I can here. Thank you guys for listening. SGR 48 in the books. Good luck this Sunday and, uh, ramble on.